Welcome to this week's sermon from C3 Church Narara. We hope you enjoy this message by Pastor Ruth Browning. For more information on our church, visit c3church.narara.net. Praise the Lord. It's good to see you all in church. Ha! Suda! Welcome! Kanuka! Ha ha! Praise the Lord. Good to see you. Praise God. I've got a fantastic connect group on Wednesday nights and some of my friends are coming. I love it. Great. So this morning we are starting a series on faith. Without faith, the Bible says, it's impossible to please God. Whoa. I need faith. He who comes to God must believe that God exists and that he is a rewarder of those who diligently seek him. Hebrews 11.6. Who likes a good reward? I was thinking about my very first reward and I'm pretty sure, I can't remember if I was in kindergarten or year one at PLC, which is where I started school, Pimble, and I... In those days, you know, it was all very first, second, third. And in year one, I came second in the year. And Jane Buckley came first. She did. And they gave me, as my book reward, you always got a book reward at the end of the year, The Hobbit. And I remember my teacher said to me, now it's quite advanced for a year one girl, but I think you can manage it. And I remember feeling very chuffed. And I very much liked that book and that reward. And it gave me a taste for rewards. Gave me a taste for doing well at school. And so I worked very hard to get rewards at the end of every single year. Is there anyone else like that? You loved your awards. Some of you liked your sporting awards, your book awards. It's just that nowadays you just get awards. Nowadays it's not first, second or third. It's like, you tried hard. We'll give you an award. You know, you get an award for anything these days. But in those days it was one, two, three, that's it. No mucking around. (laughs) So rewards are great. But look at this. God is a rewarder. He rewards us. What are God's rewards? I don't actually know. Maybe I've had some already. I've certainly been blessed. But whatever they are, I want them. I'm sure that's better than getting the hobbit. (laughs) God's rewards. I have no doubt that we get some of them here on earth. I'm probably living with some of them. You're probably my reward. (laughs) I'm sure Aaron's my reward. (laughs) But we get more rewards in heaven, and God is a rewarder. He wants to bless us. He really wants to bless us. Hallelujah. So faith, and when we fight the fight of faith, we don't lose. You can't lose if you fight in faith. You cannot lose. We all want faith. So we're going to be talking about faith. We're going to to talk about what it means to have faith, how to get more faith. The Bible says this, don't be sluggish or lazy, but imitate those who through faith and patience inherit the promises. For example, God's promise to Abraham, since there was no one greater to swear by, God took an oath by himself saying, I will surely bless you and give you many descendants. And so after he had waited patiently, Abraham received what was promised. Now there's a lot of nice Christians around. But we want to follow people who receive, people who have victory, people who stand firm. And the Bible says to imitate those people. And so today I felt like God wanted me to speak about Abraham and to look at his faith and to imitate 
Abraham's faith and be like him. So if we turn to Hebrews 11, let's look a little bit what the Bible says about Abraham's faith. Verse 8. It was by faith that Abraham obeyed when God called him to leave his home, go to another country that God would give him as an inheritance. So Abraham went without knowing where he was going. And even when he reached the land God promised him, he lived there by faith. He was like a foreigner living in tents, as did Isaac and Jacob, who inherited the same promise. So God said, go. And he went. That's exactly what happened. By faith. Praise God. So that's the first thing. Number one, point one is we see, look, we look at Abraham's life. Abraham, he had faith to go. God said, go, and he went. He obeyed God. It's different from come, isn't it? When it's come, it's I'm here already. Come and join me. But go is what's out there? Where am I going? What, where am I going to? You don't know. And I just want us to encourage that that's the first step of faith is to go where God has told you to go. Obey God. Where, where is he telling you to go? He might be saying, I want you to, to leave. Abraham left his family. I want you to leave your family. Maybe we get to visit them and be around them, but I want you to go and be part of a new family. I want you to go to church. I want you to go for Chris and me. I want you to go to Russia. We didn't know what was in Russia. What's in Russia? I don't know what's in Russia. He often tells us to go. I remember when he said, go to the Central Coast. We didn't, we, I, I remember Pastor Phil actually rang us up, Phil Pringle, and said, there's a church on the Central Coast. We're, gonna, we're thinking of starting, you know, maybe you could go to that. And I just went, no. Why would we go to the Central Coast? There's heaps of churches on the Central Coast. And then Chris went down, you know the story. Aaron knows the story. I asked Aaron because Aaron's been here a long time. I said, do you keep hearing the same stories because I've only got one life? And I said, do you mind? She goes, no, I love it. I go, oh, this is this story. I'm like, you're so great, Aaron. <laughs> Praise the Lord. So Chris went down and prayed and God said, go to the Central Coast. He went downstairs because we were staying in flat in Russia. And we had the flat downstairs was empty. So we used to go there to pray. Go to the Central Coast. Start the church there. So he came up and told me. And I was like, oh, okay. And then he confirmed it because about three weeks later, a friend of mine called Sue Hoskins, who prays, she, she rang and said, God spoke to me and said, you should go to the Central Coast. And I went, oh, okay, that's confirmation. So if God says go, you go. And here we are. And you know that if God says go, he's going to bless you. He's going to bless you. And I want to encourage you to have faith. Where is God saying to go? There's always a go. Sometimes it's just go and talk to the guy in the ute like Joe did. It's, you know, or what Frosty did the other week and he didn't want to go and he had to have an angel come and tell him to do it <laughs> and obey. Says, God, I want confirmation. Someone goes, go and talk to that woman. Okay, God, I'll go. Like that was amazing. Just recently I've been praying about whether to do scripture teaching or not and I – I went to a conference and I bumped into the, the convener of scripture teaching in the whole of our movement, C3. I thought it was funny that I should talk to her. I just bumped into her and so she was telling me all about it and she was all excited and I'm, oh, okay, that's interesting that I should bump into you when I'm praying about whether to do it or not. It's not like a huge decision but I don't want to waste time or, you know, I want to do what God wants. And so then 
once again, I was walking, I, Linda and I go for random walks up in the mountains. So we were walking a, a, up in the mountains on Mangrove Mountain and we just walked by this lady mowing her lawn and she stopped and said hello. So we said hello and she had all this gear on. She had a mask on because she was mowing the lawn. And then she looked and then Linda said, I know you. She goes, I know you too. And turns out she was a scripture teacher. She's in charge of scripture teaching on the Central Coast. So then they start talking about scripture teaching again. I'm like, this is very random. This is very random. So I'm okay, God. I'm going to go. I'm going to go and do scripture teaching again. So I rang the woman up last week. I said, okay, I know who it is. I'm going to come and teach scripture at Lizro next year for you. And she said, oh, Ruth. Oh, I'm so excited. I needed someone to teach year six. I went, well, I'll teach year six. And she goes, I'm going to go home and thank God for providing. And I was just like, oh, I felt so sweet. You know, I'm like, I'm your answer to prayer. (laughs) But we have to obey God. We have to go. And Abraham, he went. He didn't know where he was going. He didn't know what it involved. He had to leave his family. What is God telling you? Where Where do you have to go? Do you have to go to church on Sunday morning? Sometimes that's, that's a big thing. You get out of bed, it's like, go to church. Obey God. That's where your blessing is. You've got to have faith to obey God because you don't know what you're going, getting into. You don't know where you're going. Go and get that job. Go to university. Go and marry that person. There's faith. Now let's keep going. So Abraham had faith. God said, go. And so he went. By faith. It says, by faith. By faith. By faith, he dwelt in the land of promise as in a foreign country, dwelling in tents with Isaac and Jacob, the heirs of him of the same promise. And he waited for the city whose foundations and architect, builder and architect is God. He was waiting for this city. So he lived in tents. We need faith just to live, just to be alive. All the time we need faith. We need to... Live by faith, the Bible says. This is my first time on the iPad this morning. So I'm kind of just, how am I going? Is it all right? It's a bit weird. It's a bit different. (laughs) Praise God. We need faith to live on earth in a tent. We've got to live by faith. So he was living in a tent. He wasn't living in one of the fancy houses that the Canaanites had. And they did have nice houses, archaeologists tell us. He was living temporarily. He was So on the one hand, there's a blessing and there's a, a, a sense of abundance. Abraham was rich. But on the other hand, he was living in a tent. So there's always, we always need faith to live on this earth. It's never, don't ever think it's totally comfortable or totally right. We're living in a tent. It's not quite right. It's not quite home. And it says that he was looking for a city and he had faith to understand that. And when you have that kind of faith, it means that life makes sense. So all the things in life that are just not fair or don't, you don't understand. It's like, it's okay. It's only temporary. We can have faith. It's just temporary. This isn't our permanent inhabitants. This is not where we're staying forever. Don't, you know, and, and all the things that don't quite make sense, just remember, this is temporary. This is temporary. And the things that we're, made, we're told we need to worry about, whether it's global warming or World War Three or Y2K or, you know, the fuel. When I was growing up, it was the future shock. You know, we we're going to run out of food by the year 2000. Well... They were wrong. We've got plenty of food. And we were definitely running out of fossil fuels. Who remembers that? Do you remember? They did a little chart. No more oil, no more gas by the year 2000. Absolutely. What will we drive? Nothing. Well, still we have petrol. 
So, you know, don't, don't worry about it all, but also know that it's temporary. So we can have faith that the things that don't quite add up, I know it's temporary. I know I'm going to heaven. Verse 10 says, He was looking for the city who's found, with foundations, whose architect and builder is God. That city will be the perfection of society. That city is our home. And we have faith when we believe that. But when we focus too much on earth, we're showing we don't have faith. We're not looking ahead to our real home. Someone said to me once, you'll never find the perfect home. Every home, even if you think, I've got the, I've got the perfect. If you're very rich, you move from home to home. There'll always be something. There'll always be something not quite right because this is not our perfect home. We're living in a tent, but we need to have faith in every part of our life as Abraham did. As he moved through that life, he lived by faith. So whether it's getting your job, whether it's getting this building up, I was looking at uh, some prayer notes. I have a prayer journal and I wrote a faith statement and, and I didn't realize it was a faith statement when I wrote it because I, it said, I see Pastor Phil Pringle at the opening of our building at 101 Narara. And it's exciting and the room is full. And I went, and then I saw the date and it was two or three years beforehand. And it was obviously a thing for me to believe that, that I had to write it down. And now it's like, oh yeah, done that, been there, done that. But I remember at the time it was like, oh, it's going to happen. I had to believe for it and make a faith statement. And, and you know, I remember Osgrid was just my nemesis. I just, oh, who remembers that? Do you remember that? Osgrid. It's just like, oh, oh yeah, win. I remember... Everywhere we went, I saw the word Osgood. I never even knew such a thing existed before with this building. I didn't know about these people, Osgood. And then everywhere I went, I remember we were staying at a hotel at a conference and I woke up and there was the building next to us said, Osgood. I was like, ah. And Wynne, Wynne said she was praying about the building and a man walks into her shop and he's got Osgood written there. Because she, she was just praying about them, giving, making us not have to move that light, which we didn't have to move, praise God, by faith. By faith? I think that was Byron's faith, actually. I was wavering. But Byron did not waver. He said, we will not move that light. <laughs> we will not. So you have to have faith. You have to live by faith. On every single thing that you are dealing with, you need faith. Because we don't have the answers, but God does. Is it sickness? Is it finances? Is it getting into a building? Is it that kid that's going crazy on you? Is it your own future? Is it a sense of what am I doing with my life? What am I doing here in Canaan in a tent? Why am I living on the central coast with this guy or 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 without this guy? Or what happened to my marriage? There's faith. You have to trust God. You have to seek God and have faith and and find out what he says and have faith. I I had a necklace the other day. This is God is so good. You know, he's so good. I... I lost the necklace. I just bought a necklace and I really liked it. I had a little necklace, a little gold necklace. And then I went to put it on one day and it was gone. And it was just gone, 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 gone. You know when you search the whole world and it's gone? And I went, oh, I've lost it. It's just gone. So sad. I like that necklace, but never mind. And anyway, I was talking to a friend, Kiralee Lowe. She's a pastor in the city. And I don't know how I got onto it. I must have felt sad. I said, I lost my necklace. Because that's right, cause she had a matching one. She had the same. And it was kind of cute, you know, with friends, you have matching necklaces. I said, you know that necklace? I lost my one. She goes, that's not good enough. You can't lose your necklace. And I went, well, I did. She said, let's pray and believe God. And you know when someone goes, and go, it doesn't really matter. You know, it's just a little thing. And she was like, no, let's believe God. I went, okay. I wouldn't argue with her. I just, okay. So she went, God, right there on the phone, God, 
pray that you would restore Ruth's necklace to her. I went, okay, yes, amen. I had no faith at all, none. I'm just like, whatever. Like, you know, it's just a necklace. Anyway, but she had faith. She had faith. And she put, we hung up, put down the phone. I went, it just occurred to me, and it hadn't occurred to me before. I thought, I wonder if Linda is at 101, because Linda's always here cleaning. I wonder if Linda's at 101. And uh, so I rang. I said, where are you? And she goes, I'm at 101. I went, can you go out and see if you can find a necklace, my necklace? Because I think it's, maybe it's in the car park out there. Why did I think that? I don't know. It just popped into my head. So she goes, okay. So she goes out with the phone, looks around, and she goes, here it is. I found it. It's just the little round bit though, not the chain. I said, have a look for the chain. So then she goes, and then she finds, here's the chain. And I go, great. You found my necklace. She goes, yep. I was just like, wow, five minutes after the phone call, I had my necklace back. Like, just like that. I, I just thought, so I rang my friend back, said, I got my necklace back. I said, you got good faith, girl. Like, God cares about these things. The Bible says that Abraham believed God and it was accredited to him as righteousness. Now, this is a really interesting thing. We need to be righteous. We need to be good. And when we believe God, the, the word there for believed, I love this. So Abraham believed for, for everything, for life, for necklaces, for whatever. The word there is oman. He believed. He omaned God, right? And when I look up the words, I'm always looking up these words. The Hebrew word, they use the exact same word when they talk about someone took the baby and nursed him. I'm like, What? So she took the baby and nursed the baby. I'm like, how do these two words be connected? So a couple of times it's nursed and a couple of times it's believed. I'm like, so the word means to, to put yourself in someone's arms and trust. So have we got, look, Haley, stand up. She's not listening to me, but stand up. She has no idea what I just said. <laughs> She's a new mother. She, I could just tell. You don't know what I was saying then, do you? Oh, okay. <laughs> so it's really great that you happen to be here. Perfect. I was hoping you would be sitting there just like that. So that word is aman. Ira is in, in his mother's arms in total faith. He's just total faith. He's not, there's no concern at all. And that's what it means. It's Abraham believed God. He allowed himself to be placed in the arms of God, the everlasting arms. Underneath, the Bible says, are the everlasting arms in Deuteronomy. That's faith. Underneath are the everlasting arms. That's the faith of Abraham. That's the faith of our father. Thanks, Haley. Just to rest in our father's arms. You don't have to go. <laughs> All right. <laughs> That's faith. Isn't that a beautiful concept? That faith, it's not about my faith. I don't have big faith. Jesus said you only need faith as big as a mustard seed because the disciples said we need more faith, we need more faith. And he said if you have faith as a mustard seed, you can move a mountain. Like what kind of an answer is that when you say I want more? It's just the answer is it's not about your faith. It's about your God. As far as Ira is concerned, it's not about Ira having faith in Haley. It's about Haley being a good mum. She's not going to drop him. She's a good mum. She's going to hold him. 
We need to concentrate less on our faith and more on our God. When we focus on our God, we just go, God, I don't feel like I've got faith. I don't feel like I've got nothing. I'm just going to put myself in your arms. He goes, ah. And that's where we have faith. That's where we can relax. That's what faith is, just to put yourself in his arms and trust him and be with him and allow him to organize things for you. We're going here. We're going to this preschool, Ira. Now we're going to this school. Now we're going to feed. Now you're going to wake up. No, you're not going to eat that. No, 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 no. Take that out. That's what faith is. It's just trusting our beautiful father. That's faith. Isn't that beautiful? Faith to live. Faith for everything. We put ourselves in his arms. We don't understand it, but we follow him. And then he said this. God took Abraham outside and said, look up to the sky and count the stars, if if indeed you can count them. And he said to him, so shall your offspring be. Abraham believed the Lord and it was credited to him as righteousness. He also said to him, I brought you out of of Ur of the Chaldeans to give you this land as your possession. So there's a couple of beautiful things. When we have faith, we become righteous because if you have faith in God and you're in his arms, he says, oh, and another thing, my son Jesus, everything he has is yours and he's righteous. So even before Jesus came to earth, Abraham was righteous because of Jesus. So our faith becomes our righteousness. If we were just, because we're in God's arms now, he's like, everything I've got is yours. Everything. So I happen to have righteousness. I'm going to credit it to you. I'm going to give it to you on the basis of your faith. Abraham wasn't even technically believing about Jesus. He didn't kind of really know about Jesus. He knew about God. I guess he kind of, I don't know, I don't know how it works, but he, he just had faith in what God said. But that faith is like, if you believe in me, if you put yourself in my arms, you get everything of mine. And it's exactly the same as Ira. Ira's got faith. I mean, you know, it's not that hard for him, but he's got faith in his parents. Everything they have is his. He doesn't know that now. He doesn't know that he stands to inherit that magnificent house you've got, but he does. It's all his at this moment until you, you know, have a few more kids and then you have to share it up. Ari doesn't understand his inheritance, but it's all his. It's all his, all the blessing and all the wisdom that the parents, the new parents have got, that all belongs to him. So when, when we put our faith in God, the righteousness of Christ becomes ours as well. And we understand what that righteousness is. So we, we grasp a hold of it because faith grasps a person, not a doctrine. Faith grasps a person. It's not, it's not an intellectual assent. This is where some people miss it. Faith is not, I, I believe in God. The Bible says the devil believes in God, but he doesn't have faith. He just agrees that God exists. I mean, anyone who doesn't even agree with God's existence is an idiot. They're, they're more dumb than the devil. Even the devil knows that God exists, but that's, faith is not that. Faith is putting yourself in his arms. Faith is trusting, is leaning on him. Another word they use is to run to him as a refuge. That's faith. So faith is throwing yourself and leaning onto God and God's strength and knowing that from that we become strong. And so we have faith to be fruitful. God said to him, he said, you're going to have a son. And you're going to become a nation. Now, we all know the story. Abraham got that promise at the age of 75 and, and Sarah was a similar age. And they were not looking like having any babies. So they had to believe God. And he had to believe and wait for 25 years before that son was born. 25 years is a long time to wait for a promise. 
because faith and patience inherit the promise. This is the first of the beginning of a series, so I'm sure there'll be some others that will pick some of this up. But I just want us to look at Abraham and think about his faith. He said this, even though he was an old man and it didn't seem to make sense, God had spoken. And this is the beginning of faith is you've got to hear from God. You've got to know what has God spoken to me? What is the promise for me about, about this issue? And we need to get and hear from God because faith is about relationship, remember? It's about being in the arms. It's about being in his arms. So when God speaks to us in those arms and says, this is what's for you, this is what is for you, then we have faith. But we can't just make it up. We can't just say, well, I believe in God, I'm going to get a million dollars. Well, has God said that? Has God organised for you to be a millionaire? Maybe not. Not everyone is, it would seem. That's okay. So we've got to have faith in the promise spoken by God and faith in, in the person who speaks. We listen to God. We hear God. So the beginning of faith is to hear him. Abraham heard what God had said and just believed it. And it says here that even though he was old, an old man, he did not waver at the promises of God through unbelief, but was strong in faith, giving glory to God, being fully convinced that what God has promised he was able to perform. To waver is to argue or to contend or to doubt. He just said, well, if God has said it, I believe it. It's as simple as that. And that's the basis of relationship, again. Chris says he's away on holidays with the motorbike guys. I believe him. If I don't believe him, we've got problems in our relationship. We really do. And we're not going to have happy times. But he doesn't lie to me. He's never lied to me. He's, a, he's an honourable man. So it's just very simple. It's a relationship. Well, God is a lot nicer than Chris, actually. <laughs> No, you might be surprised. But, and he never lies. And he never, that everything in his word is true. So we look in his word and go, okay. And we've got to get in there and hear from God and say, what are you saying to me, God? And we read some scriptures and honestly, they're hard to believe. We go, what does that mean? And we've got to press in and look and see what it means and, and listen to God and, and get more curious because if we can hear from God and know we've heard from him in our heart like Abraham did, we can receive amazing promises and we need not to waver. We need to wait for God. Don't go and rush ahead of God. Don't go and, and, and get yourself an Ishmael. So, you know, maybe God's saying, I'm going to give you a great business or something. Don't, don't rush out and do it wrong or try it in the wrong way or grab the wrong husband. I, I think God's going to give me a husband, but I'm just going to get this guy. He'll do. It's like, no, 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 wait for God. Wait for God. We've got the Arabs and the Jews, thanks to Abraham's not waiting. And, and all these years later, we're still dealing with Abraham's impatience. So we don't, we don't do that. But look at verse 13. Here's a great scripture to encourage us. Hebrews 11, verse 13. These all died in faith. So we're speaking about Abraham and Noah and some of the others that they've spoken about. Not having received the promises, but having seen them from afar off, they were assured of them and embraced them and confessed them and confessed that they were strangers and pilgrims on the earth. Those who say such things declare plainly that they seek a homeland. They could have had, if they'd had in mind that country from where they came, they could have returned, but they, they would have had opportunity to return. But now they desire a better, a heavenly country. Therefore, God is not ashamed to be called their God. He has prepared a city for them. Okay, these died in faith not having received the promise. So I read that and I go, well, hang on a sec. Um, they did. Abraham got a son. And Noah survived the flood. So I'm sort of like, what... What, what does this mean? And then, but if you look deeper, 
God said to Abraham, you're going to get a son. He got a son. But he said, you're going to inherit this whole land and you're going to have, it's going to be full of people, multitudes, which is the Jewish people, which has happened. They've got the land and we know there's a lot of Jewish people around, all children of Abraham. But Abraham didn't see all that. He just saw the beginning of his faith. And this is where I want to encourage you all in your faith. Have faith and have big faith and understand it may be for more than your life. It may be Abraham, it said he, he didn't receive it all, but he, he saw it and he got the taste. He got the first son and he was happy, but he said, I know there's a lot more God, but I'm, go, I'm going on to this other city and there's more going on down on earth. And he showed that I trust you. It's going to happen, but I don't even need to be here for it to happen. That's an exciting faith, looking to the next generation of our children, of, of you guys here in church, of each other. It's not just our physical children, but our, our family. We, we've got ideas and beliefs for this church. But maybe it won't happen in our generation. I don't know. But we, we show by that that it's not just about what happens here on earth. It's about our heavenly city. And we leave what happens here on earth. It's like, oh, you guys can finish my faith dreams. So dream big. It may be more than one generation. Who's heard of the Basilica of the Sagrada Familia in Barcelona? Now you know which one. It's that crazy, crazy church in Barcelona, right? You know, the crazy one with all the spires and all that. So that was started in 1882. And and early on it was taken over by the architect Anthony Gaudi. So when Gaudi died... It was less than one quarter complete. His designs were one quarter complete. I mean, that's, that's not very much. Like, you, you know, you're planning a bill. Imagine how would you feel, Dale, if you were dead and this was only one quarter done? I think you would get a little bit annoyed, actually. <laughs> I think I would. Simon definitely would. <laughs> I'd be like, oh, well, guys, you know, we've got one quarter of the building done, but we're on our way. But it's only a quarter done. They say that now... It's 70% complete and they're hoping that it will be finished in 2026, which is 100 years after the architect was dead, not even alive, but dead. Who builds a building to be finished 100 years after your death? I think that's hilarious. But anyway, on the subject of the extremely long completion date... Gaudi was aware of this because it was only 20% finished when he died and so he knew what was going on. And listen to this classic comment. Apparently he said this. Gaudi is said to have remarked, my client is not in a hurry. It's taking a long time to finish your church because my client is not in a hurry. That's a great comment, isn't it? We build incomplete structures in life. God is not in a hurry. It's okay. Our life sometimes is incomplete. Our faith sometimes seems incomplete. But let me encourage you. Sometimes we just get a taste. We just get a bit. God's not in a hurry. He's quite happy to move on and do it in the next hundred years after we go. So let's just enjoy that. So many missionaries have that story. I, I've got so many great stories. I didn't know which one to choose. I'll just choose Jim Elliott, who I love. Great missionary, American missionary in the 50s to the uh, Orca Indians of Ecuador. And he and his five mates were just brave, great young men in their 20s. And they went down there to, to minister to the Indians. And they, 
you know, they, these guys were headhunters and they, they, they were, you know, settling down in, in, in the area and getting ready and, they, and there was this particular tribe. They just wanted to minister to them. Ne- no one had ever been there. No one had given them the gospel. So they, they flew their plane over a few times. They're dropping presents. They're kind of like, hi, guys, hi, guys. And then they, they landed. Finally, the big day came. They landed and this guy came up to them and he was friendly and they were able to let him know that they'd been friendly. They learnt some of the language a little bit. They let him know he was friendly. And then they went again and this guy double-crossed them and they landed. So they had only made contact with one guy. They landed and some of you know the story. The headhunters came and killed them all. Just like that, bang, all five of them dead. So that was their great missionary expedition. Zip. (laughs) Nothing. They got killed before they even spoke to them. Before they even had any contact, really, they're all dead. So you can imagine the, the wives had to come in and pick. He's 27. The wives came in and picked up the bodies. And, and, um, and Elizabeth Elliot had, was, had one baby and she stayed. She got to know the language. And some years after the death of her husband, she and her child and another woman went to the same tribe and they lived with that tribe. And they ministered to the very men that killed her husband. And they became Christians. And it's an incredible story. Like it's just a crazy story of how they got saved. You can read it through, through Gates of Splendor. So Jim, what did he do? He just died. He's very famous for that death of my dad. <laughs> he says, it's the, he is no fool who gives what he cannot keep to gain what he cannot lose. It didn't look like a real big faith victory, that one. Didn't look like he'd really done the job. And yet the job was beyond his lifetime. The job, the job went on and, and, and still goes on and he did an incredible thing. So trust God to be fruitful. If God says, I'm going to give you fruit, he will. You're, you are successful. I like the word fruitful better than success, but it's all yours because he's promised that. So let's take a hold of that. And finally, in verse 17, it says that Abraham was tested and he laid down, it said he didn't receive everything, but he what, what he did receive, it said in verse 17, he offered up Isaac, he was tested, he offered up Isaac, his only son, of whom it was said, in Isaac your seed shall be called, concluding that God was able to raise him up even from the dead, from which he had also received him in a figurative sense. So by faith, Abraham, this is bizarre, I mean, God condemned the Canaanites for child sacrifice. I mean, it really, we don't do child sacrifice. Like God doesn't, we don't do that. The Christians don't and neither do the Jews. It's not nice. <laughs> and, but God said it to Abraham and he's like, whoa. God, you ever feel like God asks you to do something? It's like, whoa, oh God, God's crazy. So he he does that by faith and he trusts that God will raise him up from the dead, which he sort of did because he said, oh, it's all right, you don't have to do it. So that was the test. And with faith, when you have faith, your faith will be tested. Your faith will be tested. So we believe God for things we believe to be fruitful. We believe I'm meant to marry this man. We believe this is the right business or we believe I, I'm, I was meant to go to Russia or whatever. And then you get there and it just seems like what's happening, God? This isn't, this isn't what I expected. It's not working out the way I want. 
But just stay in your post and keep obeying God and keep having faith. He didn't waver. He didn't give up. He didn't, the Bible says you can have an evil heart of unbelief, actually. To not believe hard, it descri- God is described as evil. We just think, oh, well, I'm not sure I'm trying to go work on my, on my faith. Don't. Doubt is evil. God doesn't like doubt. It's, it's not good to distrust someone who is clearly good, who's clearly always been good and say, well, I, I don't believe in you. I, I don't think you're telling the truth. It's like, whoa, you don't say that to God. That's very rude and evil and you don't do it. You don't say it to anyone who's truly noble and speaks the truth, but especially not God. It's evil not to believe God. So we believe him. We say, I believe you, God. I believe that this is going to work out. I don't understand it. My faith is being tested. I but we, we have faith. We just say, I believe God. Go back to what God said to us. Go back to the word and build that faith up and say, I believe God. And we'd be like Abraham. Amen. Who wants to have that faith like their father Abraham? I do. He's called the father of all who believe. So let's imitate his amazing faith. And let's inherit what God has planned for us and for our descendants. Let's fight like Abraham did. He stood up in faith. He didn't waver. He kept the faith and he received the promises. Let's do that. Let's imitate. The Bible says, imitate those. So we look at him and go, I'm going to be like that. He's my father. I inherit from him. I just finished on this one story. When I um, had a baby, uh, I tried generally to avoid doctors. I, I, I think they're absolutely fantastic, but I just don't like being tested too much because it tests my faith. So I just trust God. And if I have to go to the doctors, I do. Praise God for doctors. But when you have a baby, you've got to go to the doctor. And so then you get the tests. So then they give you this big list. Do you or anyone in your family have this, 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 this? It's like, oh, it's two pages long. I'm like, well, of course they do. What do you think? They're all like. But anyway, I, at that moment, I always remember I said, my father is Abraham and my mother is Sarah. I have their faith and I, they're my father and mother. So on that basis, I said, no, 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 no. And some of them I remember thinking, well, that's a yes on earth. But my father's Abraham, sorry. No, 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 no. Now, I'm not suggesting you all do that, okay? You just do what you have to do. I, I'm not suggesting that you, you just do what you have. That was me and my faith, okay? And I'm very, I was very comfortable with that in faith and in truth, honestly. I really was. But you do what you, I'm not telling you to do that, but I did. <laughs> Made me feel good. <laughs> and I had the faith because I just thought Abraham's my father and I'm, I've got his faith, so I've, I'm inheriting from him. Because you inherit from your fathers and it says that, that we can, we can imitate him. So let's learn from Abraham. Let's, inherit, let's say, okay, if Abraham can do it, I can do it. Because it says he's the father of those who believe. And he, he talks about his seed, his, his, his progeny, if you like. That's us by faith. It's not just the Jews who, who physically are inherited, you know, related to him. It's us by faith. He's our father. He had faith. I have faith. Amen. Come on, let's pray. Hallelujah. Father, we refuse to have an evil heart of unbelief. We believe you. We believe what you've said to us. We believe your word. We have faith. We have faith. We are a faith people, Lord God. We believe. We just believe that you're good. We believe that you will bless us. We believe that when we obey you, Lord God, our lives will be good. We believe that when we abide in you, Jesus, we will bear much fruit. We believe that we are righteous in your sight. We believe that if the sun shall set us free, we are free indeed. We believe that we are changing and become moving from glory to glory. As you have said, we believe you, Father. 
We choose belief. We choose faith. We rest in your arms, Father. We know that underneath our lives are the everlasting arms. And we are secure and safe in your arms always. Amen. We hope you have enjoyed this week's sermon. For more information or to contact us, visit c3church.narara.net.